Welcome to We Call It Soccer, a podcast by two United fans. I'm Notch. I'm Caleb. And I'm Colin. This week, we bring you a special extended edition with all the laughs, tears, and angry captain fears from this week's soccer. Really quick, before we get into this week's episode, I want to mention that I will be gone for the next three weeks. I am traveling. Caleb and Colin will continue bringing the podcast in my absence, bringing it to you. Uh, just give us a, a few days next week to figure out how all of this uploading stuff works all over again, just because we we're going to be changing our systems for editing and, and putting out the podcast just a little um, in my absence. So, so just give us a little bit of a leeway. Uh, while you wait for the pod to drop onto the feeds next week. Also, something else I want to very quickly mention, the Red Card Racism fundraiser that I was doing to bring Idaho Juniors FC to Minnesota. We've raised enough funds to get them plane tickets and cover their baggage fees, and the Sani Foundation has graciously found homestays for the kids. However, we do need to arrange funding for their meals and transportation when they get here. That's a minimum of $6,000 that we need to raise. The Dark Clouds are going to have fundraisers for this on May 26th when they have watch parties for the Champions League final and also host the um, pregame tailgates for the Minnesota United uh, game that day. There are going to also be other avenues for you to donate online and offline, other fundraisers that we'll be uh, announcing. Um... I would really love if you participated in this. I would really appreciate it. We were really hoping that we didn't have to come back for a phase two of fundraising, but unfortunately the plane tickets were much more expensive than we had earlier anticipated. So we do need to raise some more funds for meals and for transportation, and you can be a hero to these wonderful uh, kids from Idaho Juniors FC, who, by the way, are really good. They keep winning. So I'm really hoping that when they come to the tournament this, this July that they do really well. So, Caleb, you are watching Frasier at the moment on Netflix, a yeah. show that I watched as a child. Yeah, in, um, I India. have watched most of Cheers to this point, mm -hmm. and this Frasier guy appears in there first. He does. And although I, I would prefer a, a, a Norm or a Cliff Clavin sent off, Frasier will do, I guess, to... Do you know the the view of the Seattle skyline that you get from Fraser's apartment does not actually exist? Then they've actually managed to figure out, like, tri triangulate approximately where his apartment you can find online, and there is no apartment there. Hmm. But what I want to ask you guys was, if we were characters on Fraser, who would each of us be? Like, who? Which one of us would be Fraser? Who'd be Niles? Who'd be the dad? Who'd be Daphne? I know that personally, I'm not fancy enough to be any of those people. So, yeah, um, I feel like I'm maybe more of a Niles. I, I think you are pretty much Niles. And yeah. um, may, maybe, maybe Caleb, you could be Roz. Uh, do, you th do you think you'd, you could be Roz? I could uh, see that, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll take it, I guess. Hmm. Yeah. Who's Lilith? I don't know. Like, I'm not little. I think I'd be like Martin Crane. Um, which, Guys, I'm like four episodes in. So I, also, also Mar Martin Crane. You, we gotta, we gotta give, give credit to the the late John Mahoney who passed oh, away. Yeah, recently. that's right. I, yeah, one of my favorite bit part actors who 
I mean, it didn't have exactly a bit part in Frasier, one of the main cast. But I mean, like, a lot of his career was basically just doing really amazing, like, supporting or guest work. Right. Or maybe, Caleb, you can be the dog Eddie. Let's, let's go with actually, that. Actually, I'm, I'm very on board with that one. Yeah. 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 It seems like are. the most down-to-earth and, like, chill one of, the, of that entire I think, uh, show. Occasionally on this podcast, I'm Daphne with my fabulous accents. So... All right, well, um, it's time for us to jump into some not-so-fabulous discussion in our first segment, which we call United Passions. Our sport has a bright future ahead. In United Passions, we talk about the United we are most passionate about, Minnesota United FC, and gosh, there was a lot of passion this week. As we alluded to in last week's podcast, Minnesota United taking on LA right after we recorded... And then going on the weekend to take on San Jose, we gave our, uh, not predictions, but we, we suggested how Minnesota United should approach the week. And um, Adrian Heath not exactly taking our suggestions, which in his defense, nobody really does. But um, what was Adrian Heath doing through the week? Because I sure couldn't figure out what the strategy was. Um... Honestly, I think it was that he felt like his players wouldn't be gassed after three and eight, aside from Ibsen. Um, Who was left behind for the Wednesday game. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, um, And hopefully it, was in bed by the time the game started. Right. God, for his sake, I hope so. Um, besides that, I mean, like he basically midfield aside tried to have as a of a lineup against LAFC and then did the same thing for San Jose which is the thing that I don't understand which is the the defense any common observer is going to tell you has been Minnesota United's weakness this year so instead of rotating the defense he rotates the entire midfield which to me says I'm throwing this game but then after we go two little down again because of defensive mistakes, not and and ask yourself if you're standing in January of 2018, and I tell you that we have Colin Martin and an entirely rotated midfield in and Francisco Calvo at center back. Who do you expect the mistakes to come from? That rotated midfield Calvo, right? Um, so anyway, after Calvo does make those two mistakes that led in two goals, Adrian Heath decides to put in even more A starters. He puts in Schuler. He leaves uh, Martin in, I believe. Now that. Uh, vaguely no, Martin was subbed out. Uh, uh, he left uh, Harrison in. That's right. Yeah. He left, which I thought Harrison, he played better than he had any right to play. So yeah, not still particularly he's well, still but still. No. Yeah, he's he's a not good player, but he played right. not not good, I guess. Yes, I think I think the he double negative. expectations. Let's not go very too high. far. Uh, I think he actually ex- exceeded some people on Twitter's expectations. Lowered a lot of, expectations. Oh, I love the Mad TV deep cut right there. That was that was really good, Gong. This is why you guys are on this podcast, by the way. Um, but okay, let, let's 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 go back to to that LA game and the substitutions Adrian Heath did. Which again, if I'm approaching a two game week, I'm using my three subs. Particularly if I'm 2-0 down and I have a fully rotated midfield, which suggests I'm probably not going to come up, come back from a 2-0 deficit. Instead, we see Schuler for Maximiano, who we can talk about Maximiano and the end of the segment and how we thought he did. And then he puts on Pangup for Colin Martin, leaving in Mr. Quintero. 
leaving in Mr. Ibarra, leaving in um, Mr. Gomez. What what are we doing here? <laughs> leaving in Mr. Tiesan, who puts in massive shifts running back and forth. And of course, Tiesan in the San Jose game makes an early mistake. I mean, it didn't make sense to me either. Um, Pang up for Martin, I think, was probably the one that just didn't sit well with me just because I felt as though Colin Martin is probably the best substitute midfielder off the bench. Yeah. Like, yeah, you you might want to save him a little bit for the San Jose game, even though, like, I... He was on the yellow, it, no, yeah, as it, well. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it, that, that, it, it's defensible, but going with Pangop and it it wasn't an impact substitution. It was a throw anything at the wall and see if it sticks substitution. Again, and that's what frustrated the hell out of me. We were two 0 down with no striker, and. We still left our A-line in there to finish 90 minutes. And I, you know, I'm just going to finish my rant and we can, y'all can just fill in all the gaps. What, of course we lost against the worst team in MLS over the weekend. Of course we did. You gassed all our players. We had nothing left. They made mistakes. They were impotent. And if it hadn't been for that wonder goal by Christian Ramirez, which, gosh, I mean, like, didn't he shut his critics up? Uh, We'll get to that. But if it wasn't for that wonder goal, we had nothing. Nothing. I'm More gonna, defensive mistakes. Yeah, I, I'm going to actually challenge you on this one. That aside from Jerome Tiasone, the only one... He was probably the only one in my mind that definitely looked gassed, and that's why he was doing poorly. I think there, there's a distance between definitely looked gassed and was able to show some creativity and promise against the worst team in the league. Um, I'm not saying they looked gassed, but these were this was an attacking line that should have smashed San Jose well, to bits. At, at times during the game, they looked very good. Our front four is going to be dangerous when they're fully healthy. Ramirez had that goal. He had the crossbar once. We had some good attacking moves that were just either fizzled out by a poor shot but or a good save by uh, um, Tarbell in goal for San Jose. I'm I'm just saying this has never happened to San Jose except against us. It, it wasn't whole season. It wasn't a sharp defensive perf- or it wasn't no. a sharp offensive performance. And until San Jose's second goal, we were just hitting that defensive wall with everything that we had. Um, that defensive goal was that second goal by San Jose was a backbreaker. Frankly, um, there was no coming back from that. And and Francisco Calvo continuing to make mistakes. The only solution, the only reason that I, that has been provided to me for Francisco Calvo continuing to get minutes is that his value plummets if we bench him and he potentially doesn't go to the World Cup, which means potentially we can't sell him. And of course he's going to be playing like crap because he's watching himself. He's not going at it because he doesn't want to get hurt. And we'll get to his off-field antics, I guess, later. Anyway, you guys should discuss some other stuff because I'm really mad. Like, I mean, maybe it's been obvious this whole time. I'm pretty sure it has. I'm angry. This is this should have been at least three points, maybe four. And we came out with Zippo. It, it should have been three. We were never going to get a point at LA. Um, to bunker for 90 minutes against that attacking force is was going to be hard. And we bunkered well against Vancouver, but they also had shots on goal. 
that were either saved by Bobby or just went over. Um, I I don't know, man. Uh, Matthew Mayano, first 15 minutes in over a year, coming back from ACL, and I liked what I saw. Yeah, he was a defensive stopper. Um, second half, there were. They were going around him with passes, not dribbling at him like they were in the first half because he was physical. He earned the yellow card, which is, should be his job. Adrian should tell him whenever he starts, you have a card. Go out there and use it smart. Uh, be smart about it. Be smart about it. Yeah. You, you have a card, use it. I'm going to ask you a question. His salary suggests that he has been bought to be a starter. Do you think he is that quality? And I should also mention MLS salaries were released by the MLS yeah. Players Association this past week. Um, considerable raises for Ramirez, raise for Calvo. Raise uh, for Ibsen. Um, I think those three were the guys that got over $100,000 raises. Um, which is good for them. Anyway, yeah. back yeah. to Maximiano. Yeah. Um, he's a loan option to buy, correct? Option yeah. to buy in there. Uh, I think it's a, it's a gamble. But if he continues, continues to play like he did during those 60 minutes and continues to get healthy and then progress, um, yeah, that, that's a starter for the future. He's, what, 22, 23? 23, I think. I think um, a, yeah. part of the reason that his salary might be high, and again, you know, I've, I don't know what his contract is like. I wouldn't be surprised if he was making roughly that sort of money in Brazil and then... In order to include the option to buy, they had to include more salary. Right. Oftentimes with these loans, if there's not an indication that they're going to purchase at the end of it, the other team is willing to take on some of the salary knowing that he's going to get developed and it's going to help out the loaning club to bring him in for less. Um, So you think his salary is going to go down next year? No, I, I think it's going to stay roughly the same. I'm saying that the Loons probably took the majority of his salary in order to include an option to buy. Let's talk about something good before we move on to any other criticisms. Christian Ramirez getting a vintage Christian Ramirez goal. No look. Maybe has st- sticks the ball to his foot for about half a second uh, after he gets the pass. And then hits a nice rainbow lob behind um, Tarbell, who is out of position. It, it was it was fantastic. Yeah, it it's what he does. <laughs> this is literally shades of the first goal, competitive goal he scored for us, which was in San Antonio, where he gets the ball and just again no look, whacks it over himself into um, the San Jose net over the keeper. I mean, this is this is what Christian Ramirez does best. Silencing those critics saying, you think I'm out of form? You want to see a goal? Well, here's a goal. And I just feel bad that we couldn't capitalize on the momentum that came out of that that strike. Yeah. It, it was there for us to take, and we just didn't do it. Uh, Manny Lagos actually said that might be the best goal in Minnesota United's history. I mean, his goal in the against away at Carolina. Yeah, the uh, season opener NSL the year before he came with MLS. That was unbelievable. One bounce off the turf <laughs> and just nails yeah. it from thirty-five yards out. Also, in a game we lost. And God damn! Oh, um, basically, what you're telling me is that Christian Ramirez shouldn't be scoring Galazos. He should just be like, uh, oh, no, kind no, of no. scoring. His goal against 
the New York Cosmos to win it is something that I'll remember fresh my life. That was a better cross than a goal. But uh, the meaning of it is what made that a great goal. Yeah. Okay, like, so I, it, it, it wasn't a great goal just on its merits. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say we appreciate when Christian Ramirez scores. But disagree if you want to later on Twitter. But uh, right <laughs> now, Colin, you wrote an article on the Pluribus Lunar where you looked at some statistics, particularly defensive statistics. Tell me a li- quickly, if we don't have time for you to read it word for word on this podcast. It, uh, you, can, it, you can have your ebook later. Yeah, it, it's lengthy. Um, yeah, so, and, so summarize for me. First off, shout out to Eli Hoff for editing that down because I think he lopped off about 20% of it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I had a lot of thoughts. Um, <laughs> the long and short of it is this. Um, Minnesota United, you can look at each of the goals that they've let off and determine whether or not uh, the player got beat, the offensive scorer or somebody just made a wonderful play that you can't really defend against. There was some sort of tactical issue or there's a clear mistake that was made by a Minnesota United defender. 13 of the goals that Minnesota United have let off this year have been mistake goals, where you can say, this was really bad from so-and-so. Instead of doing the stupid thing that they did, they should do something that you teach a U12 to do. Francisco Calvo has been behind six of those mistake goals, and then he's also been part of getting beat on three goals. So when Francisco Calvo comes out and says that the media is disrespecting Minnesota United, that the referees are disrespecting them, this is the second time that he's done some sort of deflecting rant following crucial mistakes that he's made. And I'm okay if this was kind of him trying to take the attention away from his team and trying to hog take responsibility as club captain for changing the narrative or whatever. You know, you see Mourinho do that sometimes. You've seen other players kind of do that. Just it's like, I'll absorb all the negativity so it doesn't get focused on our play. Here's, here's the thing with that, though. That's when he then said, we defend as 11. Yeah. No. So he, he did kind of... Th- I was, get, I, was get, I was getting to two, two problems I had with that number one, that where he actually kind of threw his uh, teammates under the bus. But the other one was he then decided to ask specifically for 55-1 to be removed from the scrum, media scrum, before he addressed the press. To me, that is so base as a club captain to scroll to your Twitter feed as we heard that he did and say, oh, really, that's what they said, huh? I don't want this outlet in there. Now, full disclosure, this podcast is posted to 55.1. Caleb, you write for them. Yeah, I, I do. They've, I've been fortunate and enough I to have some opinion pieces published tap. by them. I do match your taps. I've been in the press match before. I wasn't there that game. Yeah, you're, um, you're one of their news folks. I'm yeah. one of their opinion folks Right. when I do write. So so this is not an unbiased perspective. However, 55.1 is written by people who are passionate about soccer in Minnesota. It is not written by people who are hacks. It is written by people who want to give readers a respectful summary of what occurred in the game. And if Francisco Calvo cannot deal with the fact that his mistakes are being pointed out, he should kindly quit professional soccer and play darts. Or professional cornhole, which, by the way, ESPN had professional cornhole 
on um, the TV when uh, MLS was on ESPN Plus, but that's neither here nor there. He should go do that because then he'll he'll get more respect from the media. Maybe he'll be a better, better cornhole player in 2018 than he's a center back. Because uh, I'm sorry, buddy, you don't you play better, and then the media will respect the shit out of you. Trust me. I'm going to insert myself into this because, and I I haven't checked the timelines of any of this, but I did actually go out of my way to say. I'm violating my typical rule of not including handles when criticizing players because of how egregious those errors had been. After that was when I got the assignment to say, hey, do some sort of article on, you know, why Minnesota United are screwing up all the time. It's... I mean, it's it's one of those things where I think our club captain needs to be able to deal with the press that's going to call out his mistakes. And we'll get start getting respect when we start playing better. And um, I, I don't know what's going on with Calvo, but at this point, I'm glad he's going to go off with his Costa Rican buddies to the World Cup and clear his head. Because at the moment, this isn't helping us. He's causing controversy where there doesn't need to be any. And right. it's, it's frustrating. And, yes. and uh, one of the co-founders, and I guess my boss uh bill waters uh sten ross i almost said bill waterson you guys tell me how it was my boss no yeah bill sten ross he's the boss of your mind yeah bill sten ross is the boss of your writing uh had a good thread about kind of responding to what calvo said once it came out that we were the outlet that he didn't want in the press drum um i retweeted it it's on my twitter page somewhere in my, in my feed um don't read that i don't want to comment on it further because he kind of sums it up pretty well yeah. for us on the 5501 side. Yeah, and quite frankly, I think up until that tangent he went on, uh, I think the press had perhaps been a little bit overly deferential. I yeah. mean, people have have called them out or called him out personally, like their their personal opinions have been critical of him. They haven't gone in their articles and said Francisco Calvo has been bad. Hmm. Okay. I like, see what I, you're saying. I personally can't find anything from 55-1 where I would say that it was overly critical of... I mean, I don't think anything that's been said has been inaccurate or no. out of line. I think, I mean, one of the things that has been... I, I hate to belabor this, or we're going to go a little over in today's episode because we're taking so much time. One of the things that was pointed to um, early on, the first flashpoint between "quote unquote" between fifty-five-one and Calvo was when Wes Berdine sent an angry response to Francisco Calvo's tweet or um, comments, post-game comments after the Atlanta game, demanding respect from the MLS media. He said, "You know, Atlanta gets all this, and we get nothing." Um, Wes said, "It's kind of a slap in the face of people who were in twenty-degree weather watching you guys play a horrible game to say that you don't get respect." and I actually, again, I th- I agree with Wes on that. I think respect is something that is earned. Um, yeah, Atlanta gets a whole lot of respect, but Minnesota, I mean, we haven't done much. Like, I- I'm sorry. Like, I would love 
to have more press from MLS. But like, what have we done? Our new stadium is still a year away. When there's news about that, like for example, we're going to host a Gold Cup game next year. Hooray! That's great. Yeah, fantastic. It, it's been said that Minnesota is going to be the new cold weather destination for U.S. games. We could be the home of USA Mexico games. This is, I mean, this is phenomenal. Like, this, huge. Is, this is huge for yeah. us, and it got wall-to-wall coverage because it's huge. And when we defeat Atlanta big time, when we reach the playoff, when we get Miguel Almiron or Joseph Martinez or whoever, now real talk, you know, you'd see me bagging on Atlanta each week as part of like my character on the show or whatever, but like real talk, when we get 70,000 people into the stands every single game, when we do what they do, we'll get the respect, but you can't like go out and demand it. So anyway, that was the first flashpoint. And then I've seen 55-1's Twitter account call him out, but he's been making mistakes. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's never been unwarranted. It's always been like uh, Alex Shepard does the usually does the game day tweets covering the game, and it's LA game wasn't very flattering to Talbot because he gave away two goals pretty much, or he was at fault for both of those goals at, at least partially for the first one, definitely for the second one. And it says in the in the Twitter feed, you know. Talbot didn't do this, or Talbot didn't do this, and then they scored. If he would have scored a goal in a game, I think you have one who said, Talbot goal, fantastic for the... I, there's no bias in it. We're just saying what happened in the game and why it happened. I, I just want the last word on this, and I think maybe even the last word on this segment, which is um, this is professional sports. You are choosing to play in front of thousands and thousands of people who are going to judge you. It's harsh. It sucks. I can I can see on a human level why it would suck tremendously. Tomorrow, if you had thousands of people tweeting at me, telling me their in-depth opinions, if I had articles about me in the newspaper, I would probably be personally very crushed. But then again, that would not be a life that I have chosen for myself. And there are choices you can make along the way to guard yourself. Uninstall Twitter. Stop reading the press. Um, focus on your, your game. Develop mental strategies. And I'm not saying this is easy to do, but then again, I'm not a professional soccer player because it's not easy for me to do. And Francisco Calvo, if he wants to continue being our club captain, if he wants to be a World Cup level player, if he wants to play in Costa Rica with the press, I've, I have it on good authority, is not kind. If he wants that, he's got to be able to deal with this. Because guess what? 55 1 is probably like the tamest outlet he's ever going to deal with. I mean, I mean we're, we're, we're tough. I mean, no. <laughs> y'all are honest. No, but y'all, yeah, y'all are, honest. I mean, like, as far, like, look at the British press, man. And I'm not saying they're right. I'm just saying, like, the, can you imagine? I will not speak to the press unless the sun is removed. Like, Sir Alex Ferguson didn't get away with that when he tried it. You know, like, you, this is this is the way it goes. And he's got to be able to deal with it. I thought it was a terrible look for us. Um, anything else about Minnesota United you all want to discuss at um, this point? If you want respect, beat Kansas City on Sunday. We have to have a game of the year. Beat the hell out of them. Like, uh, Bobby Shuttleworth, captain. Yes, agreed. Yeah. Go yeah. sign. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think there was some calls from Miguel, who's also been our best player, but he's not spoken. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I, I mean, I do want to very quick say this: What exactly does a captain do on the field aside from be the intermediary when players get way too out of line? Right. It's. it's I the think the room presence. My thing is the only guy that I'm really worried about in terms of getting out of line on the field, is Ibsen, who Ooh, Ibarra has me. a very good relationship with, clearly. 
yeah so anyway we could read this is a whole new topic let's take a break here is what i'm going to say let's have two breaks this episode let's take a break here we'll return with the top step and talk about all of devon soccer in our next part of the show Welcome back to We Call It Soccer. We went out, we had a few rounds of the punching bag, uh, took a baseball bat to some copiers and computer monitors. Uh, you know, we, we had some old school hip-hop playing while that happened. Damn, it feels good to be a gangster. Don't ever say that. That was the whitest thing ever said in this podcast. I'm just going to say Yeah, come on. Please. I mean, um, at least it was an office space and you were making an office space reference. I was, I was, I was. Indeed. Like, yeah. Moving on, let's now move into a segment that we call the top step. But the cream will rise to the top, oh yeah. In the top step segment, we cover the latest news from America's Division I leagues, Major League Soccer and the NWSL. First up, MLS salaries are out. I find that it behooves me to point out that Minnesota United are 17th in the guaranteed salary We're list. not last. We're not last. No. We oh. wouldn't be last even <clears throat> if it wasn't for Quintero. <laughs> right, right. You know who's who's below us on the guaranteed list? New York Red Bulls. That's Houston Dynamo. Well, yeah. I guess they got rid of Clushton and... Um, yeah, yeah okay. I mean, the rest are kind of... I mean, it's... Columbus it's, Crew, too. But, uh, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, Red Bulls... Rebels more on their academy. Yeah, like half right. their team are like reserve possible players. So, uh, any other interesting salary bites that you all saw? Anyone we want to quetch about? LAFC's salary cap space looks like really, really threatening. I'm kind of scared. Yeah. So, okay, uh, let's move into talking about games, and by games, I of course mean the cornhole that was on ESPN. Yeah. <laughs> did you see that Smith and Smith beat uh, Schuster and Schuster? I, I did not. I did not. <laughs> I chose to turn on ESPN Plus and watch the games, the first of which were midweek games. Atlanta getting um, thrashed by SKC. Thrash is a strong word, but they lost at home, which is yeah, always take, fun. Take that, Atlanta. Everyone's not an Atlanta fan. Uh, uh, Tim Milia had a great game in this game. Yeah. Great game in this game? Yeah, yeah he did. Yes, guess, guess, guess who didn't have a good game? Brad Gazan. Sent off for a tackle on Tyree Shelton inside the box. Clear red. Tackle or just, you know, murder attempt? I think I'm going with murder attempt. If you didn't kill someone by clitting them in the... Shin, then yes, murder attempt. Yeah, I think so. I'm I'm sure the studs had like staff on them or something. Oh, God. Um <laughs> could you imagine? It'd be terrible. Tim Melia, fantastic game. Shallow and uh Gerso both scored. Daniel Shallow's having a heck of a year so far. He's only twenty. It's it's scary. Poor Kiri Shelton almost <clears throat> got a goal and then, you know, a formation out with uh, by with Kuzan. prejudice by Brad Kuzan. Yeah, So uh Better luck next time. Columbus playing Philadelphia and the surprising week of surprises that are surprising can, begins with uh, everyone's favorite. Zardis scores his first goal of the week. Yes, he scores more. Yeah. Who knew? Who knew this was? And it's a sitter kinda too. Kind of new. This is like the, the Zardis special. He gets a ball right by the goal line and then sends it 80 yards well, wide somehow. Yeah. Not this time. 
Not this time. He actually manages to score. I think this is like the first offseason in a while he hasn't trained with Carlos Rivas, so uh, it helps. Okay. Yeah. Toronto played Seattle in the MLS Cup Redux Redux in in Toronto. And uh, Seattle rolled out their new 5-4-1 lineup. This is going to be relevant later. Uh, Giovanni DeSantos is not playing this game, but Giovinco <laughs> assisted in Toronto's equalizer. Leave it in, leave it in. I, oh, of course I'm leaving it in. Uh, but the, the moment of this game was uh, Seattle homegrown player and man with a funny name when you read it in Hindi. Uh, Handwala Buama. What, what does that mean in Hindi? Please tell us. Handwala means person with a hand. Like, Bottlewala I mean, means bo- guy with a bottle. Like, there are, like, last names in India which are, like, Bottlewala and, like, uh, you know, Winewala and, you know, things like that. Like, pe- person who has okay. is what Wala means. So, I mean, Handwala means, like, dude with a hand. His name is accurate. He does have hands. He does. Yeah. He also has feet, which he used to score his first MLS goal for the winner. True. Chicago playing Montreal in Chicago, getting... A deflected goal from Kevin Ellis that uh, benefited very greatly from the fact that Montreal's defense is quite crap. Yeah, they have given up more goals than we have, and that's saying something. Yeah, and this is despite giving up Lawrence Simon. So yeah, you think that would shore up their defense a little bit? bit no, not not really. Uh, this weekend, though, generally saw quite a few goals. And moving to the first game of the weekend, Vancouver. Hosting Houston, the game ending 2-2 with the teams trading off back and forth on the goals. Um, Jose Aja gets the... Oh, come on, read it. Takes on Vancouver. No, 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 read nope. it properly. Takes no, on no. Vancouver. No, you gotta say Aha takes on Vancouver. There you go, see. I started singing it. No, 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 take, take three, take three. And uh, action, roll, and we're dead. Aha takes on Vancouver. There Sounds a little reedy. You want to take that again? <laughs> <laughs> um, so he gets his first MLS goal for Vancouver's first equalizer. The game was tied 1-1 going into the 84th minute when Brekshay... Brekshay, I think Giassi Zardes transferred all of his Zardes-ness. Do you think uh, this week. Zardes, uh, in like a Space Jam situation? <laughs> Zardes is an alien from Mars. Took the- Brechet's little talent that he had to begin with. Yeah. Because he already right now worked so hard for this goal and must have just like wanted to punch Brechet in the face so hard that I couldn't re- <laughs> but couldn't reach him because he's so goddamn tall. Guys, you do realize that Sean Bradley was in Space Jam. That's who Brechet is. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Because A, he's considerably tall. That would definitely make uh, you already ran a Mudgy Bugs. Yeah, yeah, sure. definitely. Yeah. So Houston, after Brekshay flubs a, a an open goal. Well, yeah, he, he goes to kick it and his foot goes on top of the ball and just like rolls it slowly to uh, the Houston goalkeeper. Yeah. Just, just so funny. And then, then to kind of rub salt into the Brekshay-sized wound, uh, Houston scores in the 98th minute, but hey! He, Vancouver and Kendall Waston, he's also going to the... Uh, World Cup with Costa Rica, Kendall Waston manages to get a header off a Kamara header that came off a free kick. Waston it, got up for that 
Go, I don't know how Waston's he seemed already like he was, up His head was even with the crossbar It seemed like He still got that ball in So This was pretty much Vancouver deciding hmm, You know what We are realizing finally We are really tall All we need to do is keep, Just keep heading the ball Between us and the opposition Any team is never going to get it So that's what they did And they got They got the equalizer Montreal hosting Philadelphia And um, Losing 2-0 yeah, Montreal again shipping goals like it's their job. And please ship more goals than we do. Please. Yeah. Please, please. And, and CJ Sapong actually not in the Union lineup because out with a hip injury. So Union managing still to get two goals. And um, uh, two red cards here. Corey Burke, who's also scored, gets uh, sent off on a studs-up tackle on Samuel Piet's lay, right leg. Reckless challenge. Daniel Lovitz is sent off for Montreal and, after VAR. And we talked a lot about... Announcers, we watch all the highlights, and these announcers thought that sending off Lovitz in the in the situation was worthy of jail time. Yeah. If Lovitz gets a red, it's an absolute travesty. They had like some exquisite Canadian a- accents. I've heard some people talk trash about um, Cal and Kendra. By the way, you all have no idea. No, like oh I genuinely God. think that they're good commentators. But even if you think they're not that great. You need to listen to like some of the other commentary the, around the league. If you don't, even if you don't like them, they did excited when exciting things happen on the, on the pitch. No matter who scores, they're not homers, and that's yeah. a giant plus, giant plus in our book. Montreal are rumored to get do a maximum TAM deal for Fernando Torres, but we'll talk about that more if it actually comes through. Just gonna say this: they need help on defense. Right. You don't, uh, you don't think Fernando Torres' ragged corpse will help with that? Yeah, yeah, just put it there. Uh, FC Dallas hosting LA and uh, getting the win 3-2. Um, he is Latan and FC Dallas saying, sure, here's an L. They, they had a, uh, one of the FC Dallas fa- fans had a sign that said, Texas is bigger than Zlatan. And Accurate. I mean, yeah, it, it worked out as they won in this right. game. Uh, Rudy stores the first goal of the game with an absolute streamer from the top of the box. And... On cue, the Univision announcer goes, Zlatan who? Yeah, very very original, Mr. Yeah. Univision calendar guy, uh, commentator guy. Just stick to like your orgasms next time. They're more entertaining. Uh, Caleb, on, on seeing this, um, this match, saying about LA's defense, looks like four Francisco Calvos. Appropriate. <laughs> I think you could have called this game better than those Univision guys. Ola Kamara gets a goal for LA, and then Roland Lamas scores Dallas's second... Lamar gets another goal right off the start of the second half. And then um, Rito Ziegler for FC Dallas sent off for a light touch on Alessandrini. This uh, is what, nah, I don't, you don't think it. Was a, it was a, okay. not a straight red. It was a yellow. I'm fine with it. It was a second yeah. yellow. It yeah. was close-ish to... Yeah. It's fine. It's a good call. Zlatan destroys the post on a free kick. Thank uh, you, God. Jimmy Maurer didn't get a hand on that. Yeah, because he would be not have a, a hand time. after that. No, yeah, he'd be hand without Walla. <laughs> no. Is that how? It's no, it would be without hand. Handless Walla. <laughs> there you go. Handless Walla. Um, Zalan had one shot on target, and he was pretty much neutralized close to the box. If you look at his passing map, so um, Zlatan, you know, made that big splash early on, but uh, we need to see more, Mister Zlatan. A little bit, a little bit more. Don't we- tell him to do more. Wait, wait until don't after you him. play Minnesota and yeah, then do that's more. True. That's That'd true. be great if you did do that. Or maybe don't play on the turf at TCF. Uh, sure, that's so great. Columbus. Columbus hosting Chicago and scoring three goals. Again, the surprising week of surprises that was surprising continues as Jassy Zardes, 
moves into the lead on the MLS top scorer list. What? Up is down. Left is right. Cats and dogs living together. What is happening in this world? Yeah. Alex Hunter doesn't make a big money move back to Europe. Right. right. Nobody does. Ah, you finally got there. You finally got there. You've finally been playing FIFA Journey again. Yeah. That's good. I, I still have to finish, but I just finished uh, Danny Williams' side story and won the cup with him and ah. saved his career, I guess. So, yeah. Someone else who's been finishing well and saving his career. See what I did there? Jossi oh, Zardes. Yeah, this move is has been great for both both the team and also for Jesse. He's found form. I don't know what is different in his game. Why he's maybe maybe he's like Ibarra. He's playing with confidence now. And he's a confidence player. There's but just like two goals uh, in this game. One a tap in like last game, but one off a great dummy by Dr- uh, Mike Drella. just powers it in from the 18 yard and box. Just oh. There's just a painting at Giassi's home in the attic that misses goals. So, you know. Um, I think that that's what it is. And then New England playing Toronto at uh, Gillette Stadium. Getting the win. 3-2 Toronto FC. Okay, I joked about this early this season and I was shut down. I'm just going to say, Toronto in crisis? Question mark? I mean, they're still to make the playoffs, I, th- I think. Although, although the East is a lot more tough than... The West is at this point, and they're they're at the bottom, correct? Or are they above Philly? I, or above I, Montreal? Uh, let me go and check that while you continue. Yeah, talking. Um, yep, but they're still, they're actually regardless of funny story. They're in tenth in the East, above DC United. The other terrible East yeah. team that I forgot. Yeah, about. there's there's like three teams in the East that are garbage fires, but the rest are really good, and that makes it so. Toronto are in crisis. Yeah, Alex like, Bono. It, it, they've just dug themselves so deep at this point that it's becoming a huge problem. Yeah, I mean, I, this is like one of those... The, the, the second goal for New England is one of those goals that kind of illustrates Toronto's mental state. Alex Bono dribbles the ball out of the box under pressure, and instead of just booting it out into uh, to, to New England's box, makes a sh- uh, short pass to Aguer Akatse who sends it straight to Pania. Note, Pania does not play for Toronto. I mean, it was yeah. a great pass. Yeah, it was really like, not ideal to pass it directly to an opposing player when that no. opposing player and, is at the top of the 18. And Pania scored a second goal of the game at that point, and it was all looking terrible for Toronto. And, and you know what else looks terrible slash isn't ideal? All these other words that we've used. Um, scoring a penalty and then grabbing your an, an opponent's face, as Giovinco did to Wilfred Zahibo. In the 89th minute, they get a penalty. He scores it. He's walking. He grabs the ball like with gusto, and he's, yeah, he's walking, walking back to the center circle. And and I don't know how Zahibo was there. He must have said something. But Gio turns around and like grabs his like. Underneath his chin, neck area, face, and just about as high as he could reach. Yeah, (laughs) I for one thought that it was a light caress, as if he had found a long lost lover. Well, that was all these years. That was what Michael Bradley was trying to tell the ref. Like, oh, he—that's how he greets people. He loves (laughs) everybody in the locker room. Say, oh, hey, just grabs our faces. Like that's what they do. Um, He was sent off, and rightfully so. Colorado playing the Red Bulls at uh, Dick Sporting Good Park in Colorado and uh, losing this one goal to two Um, in things I wish people would say about Minnesota. Here's a quote from an article I read. 
It was a typical win for the Red Bulls. I wish we had a typical win. We don't. But, yeah, we, uh, we don't. We just no. win in spectacular or confusing ways. Yeah. Red Bulls do have... They, I mean, they found their form after that early season win-loss, win-loss, win-loss uh, streak that kind of coincided with their CONCACAF Champions League run. They've now had three wins in a row. That's a streak. And, um, yeah, they're doing pretty well. Pretty well for themselves. Yeah, they're averaging two points a game, which... Is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, on the other hand, again, our weekly question, uh, as started by you at the beginning of the season, yep. Caleb, um, are Colorado good guys? No. 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 Okay, thank you. Uh, RSL playing DC and managing to get the win 3-2, to two, Petke not having to hand out angry, poorly printed um, handouts <laughs> after this game because he, his team won. Yeah, uh, they were down early. Uh, DC opened the story and threw Paul Nipple, uh, Areola. Sorry. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Man uh, after my own heart. Just a Freudian slip there. Sorry Man after that. my own nipple. Nope. <laughs> um, That's but, me, Notch. Hey. <laughs> uh, RSL, RSL equalizes through Tori Barrett, who added a uh, goal of the week to that diving header in the box. Diving header! Not as good as Ramirez's 360 no scope blast into the far netting, but it was all right. It was decent. Uh, then Joseph Mora for DC to sent off the 23rd minute uh, for a bad tackle. And then Arcel's kind of just walked over them. Literally two minutes after Mora was sent off, Rosnat took the lead for RSL. Um, they went up 3-1. Birdmom eventually got one back for DC, but that was in like the 88th minute or so. So two left for come back. Um, Birdmom scored right when the announcers were saying that Wayne Rooney would be coming to D.C. and be the best player on the pitch, which is, like, your opinion, man, okay. I guess. Before we get to Wayne Rooney, I want to talk about the fact that this was Nick Romando's 200th win with RSL. So that's great. And very quickly, the Wayne Rooney hour, uh, you are not living under a, lock, a rock listener. More than likely, you've been following Wayne Rooney since you were in underwear in your mother's basement. Uh, Dad, Wayne Rooney is an English player who plays oh. for England. Um, he's a... 32 years old, has been probably one of the best English players in recent memory. Didn't perform in big tournaments, though. Um, he ran his legs out pretty hard uh, in Man United. He went back to Everton with his home boyhood club. Now he's going to come over here, probably, for DC. He's 32, a lot of miles on his legs. Okay. He could be dead. We'll find out what his competitive stuff happens when he actually gets here. We'll, we'll see, okay? I don't, I don't really want to have that argument right now because, again, listener, you're not living under a rock. You've had that talk with, like, eight people on Twitter, probably custom out, whatever. Just, what I do want to highlight very quickly, the reason that DC United is paying £16 million for this guy, whether you agree with it or not, the reason they've chosen to overpay or pay appropriately for this guy is because in DC, it's a crowded sports circuit. You need a marquee player to put on all your billboards. And as Trailer 12 men um, so eloquently put it in the middle of the Portland-Seattle game at halftime, he screamed at the DC United owners on TV because that's what he does now. Apparently, Taylor Chilton screams at people on TV. He screamed at them and he said, essentially, that they'd done nothing up to this point. So now they need a Hail Mary pass. And Rooney is that Hail Mary pass. Try and launch this new Audi field in style. Put a nice big marquee player. Uh, but again, as Twelman said, it's got to be followed by other investment. And you can't uh, you can't just get... It's not... I mean, he's got, not going to be a very long-lived band-aid. I'm just going to throw this out there. Wayne Rooney, the exact last face you would want to see on a giant billboard. I... Dude, I... 
I mean, I could talk about the marketing stuff with Wayne Rooney, but let me just put it this way, man. Like, for most of us, Wayne no, no, Rooney no. has been playing in the Premier League as long as we've all No, been we're saying that soccer. he's hard to look at. Yeah, he is an unattractive individual. If an English Bulldog was a person, it'd be Wayne Rooney. That's true. If right, was a person... He would be Wayne Rooney. <laughs> enough, enough Wayne Rooney talk. I just want to point out Sam Nicholson, he of uh, traded unfairly from Minnesota United fame per Twitter. Um, Nicholson named Colorado's man of the match in this game. I looked at what he had done in this game and you uh, got two shots, no passes in the box. He's uh, playing in the central midfield, which is odd. Right. And so... probably not his preferred position. He's also playing for neither of RSL or DC. Oh, it's all right, man. We got this. Yeah, so we didn't mention it before. Game. I did want to talk about that. So, sorry. I, I forgot yeah. to actually segue us back to the Colorado game to discuss this. Great injustice. Notch. Good yeah. deep cut. Okay, let's move on, though, to the Cascadia Derby P- hashtag PDXC100, uh, which ended 1-0 in Portland's favor. Seattle trotting out that 5-4-1 again. Unfortunately, that one in the 5-4-1 a Clint Dempsey who historically has been doing quite has done quite poorly when he's a lone striker and in this game it was an old Clint Dempsey uh a tired deuce yeah you got to think he's past it at this point and to not play and when you're bunkering yeah as Seattle did he's not exactly going to be the guy to get you the goals and he didn't no um yeah uh Sebastian Blanco got the game winner here late uh, 88th, 87th minute, something like that. Portland. Great through ball by the striker whose Greek name I cannot pronounce. Armenteras. That is that is it. So he was he was a substitute brought in by Gio, the difference maker. I gotta say, Portland impressed the hell out of me. You know, they they came out of the gate this year looking weak. A lot of questions being asked about Gio. But their strategy has essentially been to shore up their back line and work from there. They've put on some solid defensive performances, admittedly so far against even even Seattle, against teams that are not quite up there, doing so well. But still, it's it's been impressive to see what they've been capable of. The fact that they did not concede here and managed to get um, a goal bodes well for them. And Gio's um, kind of, you know... Tactics. He's always been a tactical coach, um, really coming off with this substitution. So I just, again, one more sigh, long sigh about Gio coming here and being our first MLS coach and what could have been and blah, blah, blah. Hey, so. Marcos Santos, you up? Right. Uh, just funny story. Sebastian Blanco, after scoring, puts on a very realistic Chucky doll mask. I From child. Yeah, play. it definitely yeah. brought back some... Yeah, disgusting Horrifying images thing. from when I was a kid and watched that movie way too young. Turns out he used to be called Chucky in Argentina. And when he left Argentina for Portland in 2017, brought the Chucky mask with him. Hey, Sebastian, we sell Chucky masks in this country, man. We got an entire holiday devoted to dressing up as your favorite movie category. How did that so. not get like, flagged by TSA? Like, right. It's terrifying. I think yeah. they did get they did keep the like chainsaw and other things. Oh, so, that, yeah, good. But, yeah, exactly. Good. So. Funny story, I mean, considering he was going to Timbers, he should have let him keep the chainsaw. But anyway, uh, let's talk about Orlando versus Atlanta. This is one of those giant meteor derbies where the entire pitch just disappeared. I don't want anyone to die. I just want them to disappear into nothingness. I would still be okay. Like, it'd be fine if, like, everyone just disappeared, the game was forfeited, whatever. Yeah. They did zero points. They would just, like, blink out of existence for 90 minutes yeah. and then come back. Dom Dwyer versus Atlanta. Who do I want to win? Nobody. That's who. I don't even think they should have a draw. No points for either team. Um, <laughs> but Atlanta did get the points in this game. Um, watch Will Johnson's reaction to uh, 
Jet. A dive? He, yeah, he dove. Yes, he was uh, dive. Uh, late in the game, they're fighting back for an equalizer. Will Johnson has the ball outside the box, passes it out wide to, I think, Mueller, and then jumps over uh, LGP's slide tackle, and then gets enraged and incensed over the non-call and acts like a three-year-old who may have allegedly beat his wife. I didn't know three-year-olds could get married, but apparently yeah. things a little different in the South. Crazy shit happens <laughs> in Florida. <laughs> After the uh, no-call, Orlando uh, fans, for a certain time in the match, threw bottles and cans onto the pitch. Just absolutely terrible. Um, someone in the front row, there's video of a guest throwing their beer at a Atlanta player who's close, celebrating close. Was it after the penalty? I think it was after it's the penalty. penalty. Just disgusting stuff in general. Orlando has now said that it is identifying the fans involved using footage and photos and will be handing out one to two-year bans, which is, which is great. Orlando has a, some rot in, in their supporters' culture. I'm not going to say that it's a, it's, a, it's a majority thing or anything like no. that. There is some there. We saw last year they targeted a referee for some doxing and harassment. And um, so they, they need a little bit of uh, they need a little bit of this stuff, I think. But anyway, moving along, um, LAFC. Well, really quick before we move on. Justin Miram finally gets a goal. Yeah. Hooray. Good for him. Yeah. Um, LAFC getting the 2-2 draw with NYCFC. Um, David Villa taking a penalty which gets saved and then heading the deflection back in. That was beautiful. Yeah, uh, Tyler Miller can say that he has saved a David Villa penalty in his career and just like end the story there. Well, yeah, I saved it. <laughs> yeah. And then hey, like just Tyler, weren't drink. you the keeper <laughs> on that penalty? <laughs> just take a long drink. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what happened mm-hmm. after you saved it? Nothing. Just didn't drink it. Yeah. None. Yeah. Um, Ismail Tajiri Shradi gets the late, late equalizer. Tight angle after a poor punch. Let's just be yeah. totally honest. But, oh gosh, what this, a beautiful This goal. game was fun. This is yeah. a fun game to watch. Yeah. After the, like, the kind of bad taste in your mouth ending to the Orlando Atlanta game with the fan interactions, this LAFC NMSC game was just back and forth. Slugfest between two teams that are at the top of their game right now, and it was fun. Yep, absolutely. Let's three of fun. Let's move on to the NWSL where Houston took on Portland midweek, gets the one-one draw. Yeah, Anna Maria Cernigorjevic, um opens the scoring for Portland despite nine players in the box touching the ball before it goes in. I was, I was wondering how you're going to say that last name. So, I, I had no idea. But yeah. I mean, one of them is probably a ch- inside of us. So I, 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 I believe you either way. Um, Kaya Simon um, crosses the box to score for Houston in the 57th. Lindsey Horan gets a header cleared off the line in the 81st for a potential winner for Portland. Alas. Utah getting a nil-nil draw with Orlando midweek. The first game this weekend, though, was Portland taking on Orlando. Orlando getting... Their first win over the Thorns in franchise history, the game ending 2-1 to one for Orlando. Thorns, though, getting an early goal called for offside. Also, their equalizer uh, early in the second half getting um, called off as well. So Thorns fans can feel a little sore about this. Maybe uh, unjustifiably so. They can't still. feel sore because 
it was correct calls him both I'm just saying times. Them, let them get emotional about this you know no, I would be mad even, even if the offside calls are correct there's me some fans like that was bullshit I should have stood exactly because that's always oh happens. trust me I heard plenty of that <laughs> in the dark clouds on Saturday uh, Christine Nairn with uh, Golazo for Orlando chest the ball down for 20 periods out and then just buries it into the net yeah off fantastic. the bounce doesn't even trap it North Carolina playing Washington and continuing their unbeaten run this year. Six wins, two draws, one nil against Washington this week. It really could have been a lot more for North Carolina early. Aubrey Bledsoe uh, for Washington had a bunch of good saves, um, especially in the first half. Um, Mallory Pugh could have gotten a potential equalizer, um, but sent her shot into the side netting. Probably the best chance for Washington all game um, set piece header for Abby Urseg in the 63rd the only goal of the game yep. North Carolina Enough. Invincibles I'm yeah. calling it now okay all right brave, brave you're here first Chicago taking on Houston game ending 2-2 um, basically Chicago managing to to get a result had to come back twice um Houston's Rachel Daly, it's her third game since being moved fully into the attack. It's paid off for her. Two goals already. Um, Jane Campbell then proceeded to have just a... The, probably the second worst clearing pass of the week behind a catch for Toronto. Right. Um, falls to Jill and passes to Sam Kerr, who has the goal wide open. Um, Dashka back out in front, excellent little, you know, ping across set piece. And then Chicago equalizes again after a penalty kick. On a handball. Seattle playing Sky Blues and ending this game with four goals. The Sky Blues only one. Uh, there was a note when I looked at these notes saying, Megan Rapinoe, greatest soccer American soccer player, question mark. Gillab yes. adding, yes, I'm saying, have we forgotten about Freddie Adu? I mean, I'm just saying. You know. I've I've definitely okay. forgotten no, about Freddie Adu. Everyone's forgotten about Freddie Adu. All right. So, what did Megan Rapinoe do in this game? Uh, two goals. First one. I'm still trying to figure out how that ended up in the top corner. Um, Rapinoe is just always all over the field for Seattle. She's making plays everywhere she goes. Making fantastic goals. I'm sorry. Like, if I could okay. pay to see any American player, it would be Megan Rapino. Totally. Totally. All right. With that, it's time for us to end part two of the show. We shall take another quick break and return for part three. Welcome back to part three of We Call It Soccer. First up, a segment that we call Get Low. In this segment, we get low and get to our wrap-up of U.S. lower leagues soccer. Let's start out with maybe a throwback segment. How the hell is this not dead yet? Yeah, no, no, no sound cue in, in our reboot show because that segment really should be just gone. 
NASL somehow. One team NASL, which uh, Rockwell says he's going to fund all the teams. They're going to be back. He promises, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, somehow, <laughs> okay, buddy. MLS does not get their antitrust lawsuit dismissed. And now Discovery is going to start. So, woohoo. Um, anyway, moving on. U.S. Open Cup news. Um, probably the most bonkers of games of the uh, the round was Duluth FC tying 4-4 with Dakota Fusion during um, the 120 minutes. Duluth advanced on PKs 3-0. Duluth led 3-1 at halftime. They gave away two goals right away in the second half. Let off another one. Equalized. Went down to 10 men. Then had Dakota go down to 10 men because they had used all three of their substitutes. And somehow they still won. The somehow them still winning We'll talk about it in a sec. Okay. Uh, Crystals FC, last year's fairy tale team, getting knocked out by Reading FC on penalties. Moving on to USL news. Tulsa losing to Phoenix, who scored five goals. Just go watch Drogba's. That's all you need to see. 40-yard free kick curler. Sacramento um, getting two goals to three from Reno, 1868. 1968? 1868, 1968, 911. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sac Republic were up 2 0 at halftime. Reno then scored three between the 57th and the 62nd. I think it might be one of one of the more interesting derbies that are going on in USL right now. LA Galaxy 2 playing St. Louis in absolutely not a derby game and getting six goals to St. Louis's three. Ephraim Alvarez at 15 is the youngest player in USL history to record a hat-trick. Congratulations, Ephraim. Saunders 2 playing T2 in the Cascadia Derby 2 and uh, losing two goals to one. Saunders only getting one goal at home. However, Sounders 2 supporters decided to leave the game after a capo was removed by security for singing their Building a Bonfire song. It's Let's Build a Bonfire, Put the Timbers on Top, Put the White Caps in the Middle, and Burn the Fucking Lot. Uh, Sounders 2 have specifically requested fans not to curse, apparently, and um, claims from the Emerald City supporters that the capo, in fact, said forking. Uh, but oh. that security misunderstood. I think this is kind of stupid. I mean, profanity is a thing. You Deal should say it. sporting to get the Kansas City team yeah. in there as well. Yeah, but it's the swopes for oh, the yeah, two level. Right. Yeah. If you would like your NPSL North Roundup, I recommend going to 55.1 where stuff happens. No. What? Yes. No. What? Go what? to E Pluribus Lunum what? where I actually wrote most of it. Okay. All right. Do, do both. Yeah. Do both. Uh, just, just go ahead and uh, do both. We talked about the US MNT game in the Gold Cup, which will happen at uh, Allianz Field. We talked about it earlier, so no need to do a segment on the national teams this episode. So let's move straight into a segment that we call the Stiff Upper Leagues. What are you doing in England? Mind your own business. In the stiff upper leagues, we turn our noses at the pedestrian soccer played in North America and follow football from its traditional home, England. And uh, say wave goodbye to English soccer for a while. Um, Until they lose on penalties to the Germans at the World Cup. It's inevitable. It's written in the stars. Uh, Yeah, the Premier League has ended. Uh, Turns closed this Sunday with all teams playing at 10 in the morning, our time. Uh, Top four, Man City, Man United, 
Tottenham and Liverpool, um, Europa League clinchers, Chelsea, Arsenal, and Burnley. Burnley did in Europa League for, I believe, the first time in their history, at least the first time in recent his- in Premier League history. Yeah, as far as I know. Somewhat significant that Chelsea are in the Europa League spot. Liverpool managing to yep. pep them for that final uh, season. Liverpool, all they needed was a win. They got a win 3 0 against uh, Brighton Hove Albion. Chelsea needed a win as well, but they lost 3 0 to Newcastle at. At at the tune, Newcastle relegated Swansea and and West Brom and Stoke. Just gonna throw it out there. Perhaps Swansea's troubles not Bob Bradley related. Maybe he was a scapegoat for deeper issues. But I I don't know. I'm just. I think uh, Bob Bradley got out of there at the right time, and now he's not relegated in Championship. Just gonna throw this out there. Keysung Young from Swansea announced today that he would uh, not be returning to the club and is now a free agent. Hint, hint, hint. Who? Arsenal doesn't have a manager. No, I, I'm saying Minnesota United. Oh. Yeah, Manny. Because we they know, we know really you're listening, fucking buddy. need a Ma- strong listens. defensive... Manny totally listens. Yeah, like he's, he's a listener. Adrian, Manny, even former coaches of our team. Everyone, Buzz, every, Buzz listens. Everyone on the team listens except for Calvo. Right. You know what? Actually, Calvo, after this Calvo week, listens I'm... to no podcast until the 55-1 podcast is gone. He doesn't go to any bars until Wes Burdine's bar is closed. It's just, oh, he's an ultimatum yeah. kind of guy. Also, congratulations to Wes Burdine and his new bar. We'll yeah. be there at some yeah. point yeah. to I'm, watch I'm, World Cup games and drink beer with you. Yeah, I'm super stoked for an LGBTQ-friendly soccer bar that's like literally my dream bar. You know who's not stoked? Stoke, who were relegated along they with West Brom. They hate his bar. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the championship playoff final is going to be on May 26, Fulham versus Aston Villa. A um, more important game is happening that day as well. It's the championship uh, championship, the Champions League final. Also, Minnesota United play that day. What are you talking about? Yeah. Uh, I, Zeller is trying to get a place for us to watch and also have a Dark Lodge party at the same venue. So look forward to that from us, I guess. Okay. All right. Let's now move into a segment we call They Don't Call It Soccer in brackets. Some do, though, where we cover soccer from the rest of the world that we haven't talked about yet. First up, La Liga, where the Invincibles turned out to be somewhat vincible as Levante defeated Barcelona 5-4. to four. They lose their unbeaten season in the second-to-last game. Despite resting Lionel Messi in front of a friendly in South Africa. This sounds awkward. Money, 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 money. Yeah. Money. You mean uh, mama, 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 Lodi. Sundowns. Because that's who they're playing. uh, That's the South African team, huh? kind of works with that. Yeah, kind of. Okay. Well, <laughs> but, uh, um, well, Ernesto Valverde leaves Barcelona. He will not getting a little be getting a little gold Invincibles trophy. Um, Serie A, Juventus win their seventh straight Scudetto, which is a great achievement. Blah blah blah. But kind of boring. I mean, they did have a title fight. Napoli was in first for the majority of the season. I'm just, they just fell apart at the end, just despite beating Juventus. Right. So late. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's par for the tours, but at least that this. This year it was closer. Um, you see those teams like Napoli and um, Inter, Lazio, Roma, Milan getting better throughout the year. Hopefully they can build on next year to give Juventus a real run for their money. But this Tur- was the closest one in a while. 
Turkish Super League roundup, Galatasaray have held a three-point lead over Fenerbahce and Istanbul Basas Sekir. Fenerbahce and Galatasaray have the same goal difference. Fourth place, Besiktas, one point behind third and fourth. This is with one game remaining. Oh, my God. Down to the line. Yeah. Uh, all Galatasaray has to do is draw or win to secure their... The championship, but just keep an eye on it. It did very interesting on the last day of the Turkish Super League. Something um, kind of controversial that occurred this week as well was that Mesut Ozil, Ilke Gundogan, and um, Schenk Tucson, I think that's his name, the third guy. Tosun? Tosun? Yeah. Who got totally ignored in like, the fact that Ozil and Gundogan were there. Like, no <laughs> one mentioned Tosun anyway. Ozil and Gundogan are both Germans of Turkish descent. Yep. Uh, chose to have a photo shoot with Turkish president... Uh, Erdogan, who is, um, to put it kindly, repressive. Terrible. Yeah. No, to put it kindly, a fascist. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty awful. Um, and so, any, anyway, a lot of controversy in Germany, particularly by the fact that Gundogan r- gave Erdogan a jersey saying, to my president, to which people said, uh, actually, okay, we, we have a chancellor right here and a president, actually. Yeah. So, um, what you talking about? Yeah. Like, come on, buddy. Um, nothing but respect for my president. And this is on top of the fact that German-Turkish relations politically have been quite strained for the last year or two. So this fits into a much larger picture. Emre Chan later revealed not had chosen to decline the opportunity oh, to, yeah. to go in. Ozil and Gundogan still included in Germany's preliminary World Cup lineup. Bundesliga news real quick. The Champions League spots are taken over. Bayern, Schalke, Hoffenheim, and Dortmund in fourth. Remember last Dortmund episode? Dortmund sneaked it in there. Remember yeah. last week when I said, wouldn't it be crazy if we had all those like nutso results starting with Dortmund losing? Turns out they did. Um, and just, just crazy, crazy times. Yeah, it was just the fact that when they were playing Hoffenheim, they didn't lose as bad as like could have. 3-1 um, loss to Hoffenheim for Dortmund. Yep. Um, Bayer Leverkusen could have pipped Dortmund on goal differential. They did not. Um, so they are ending up in the Europa League with RBL and Stuttgart. Uh, Stuttgart um, beating Bayern 4-1. Um, ends a losing streak to Bayern from Stuttgart by a uh, 13-game losing streak to them. Also, the first time Bayern has lost at home since March 2016. Take that, you uh, for your last Congrats, game Shane. ever, hopefully, this time, for yeah. real. Uh, relegated teams, Hamburg, whose fans burned down the stadium. Not quite, but close. I, at least they burned down the field during the game. Right, yeah. You know what they should have burned down? That fucking clock. Well, it's going to be defunct pretty soon here. <laughs> which, which, which clock? Tell, tell the listeners which clock you're talking about. They literally had a clock in their stadium timing how long they had been in the German top flight. Yeah, without being relegated, which they never had. Well, too late now. A call have also been relegated uh, along with Hamburg. League, uh, uh, Lille beat Dijon Mustard 2-1. Yeah, um, the result at least keeps them safe in terms of teams that would get relegated on points. However, um, as the Guardian, it's a really interesting article about how it's very likely that they will run afoul of financial fair play 
and potentially will get relegated as a result. Speaking of financial fair play, Neymar's will he won't he has already started with former PSG I, I manager Unai Emery saying that he he was mad at some sort of lies being told. Apparently, media lies being the thing here. I Unai Emery thinks he's going to stay. Who the hell cares? Thomas Tuchel being named as the PSG coach. Uh, any time for speculation on um, any other coaching appointments? Or let, let's just forget speculation. Roberto Mancini named Italy coach. Um, it sounds like it's probably going to be Mikel Arteta for Arsenal. Uh, Max Allegri <sighs> announced that he will be staying on with Juventus so long as they want him. How do you feel about Arteta at Arsenal without having any head coaching experience? He, um, I mean, he has coaching experience in that. He's never been in charge of a club. He's got a very good head on his shoulders, and that head has luscious locks of hair. So that's that all it takes. All I, honestly, with Mikel Arteta, yeah, that, that's all you need. Cool. What I was going to say is if he fails, it's going to be that, you know, like that awkward phase after the manager. It can be like said that, you know, anyone was going to fail in that thing. So I don't think it's going to hurt his career or Arsenal very much. And if it works, it works. So, um, also should mention very briefly that Sari in Roma um, being rumored to be the new coach of Chelsea. I've heard that. I've also heard uh, Mercy Pochettino might be making the jump from Tottenham to Chelsea. Right. Um, uh, the Poch yeah. implying that there would need to be a loosening of the purse strings from Daniel Levy. Uh, pre-court like ambition, respect being provided if he is to stay Pochettino at Tottenham that is and uh, by the way uh, Sarri is actually at Napoli and not Roma my bad yeah. um, so he might be in Chelsea and there are talks of a straight switch with uh, Conte yep yeah. so uh, anyway moving on let's now go into a segment that we call soccer things where Colin dips into the deep dark corners of the soccer world to bring you stories you won't and shouldn't believe <laughs> So, as part of my coverage for E Pluribus Lunum, I broke the news that came over the loudspeaker during their game against Duluth FC that Minnesota Twin Stars were going to be um, moving their game against Minneapolis City to the Prairie Seeds Academy. This game had notoriously been left to be announced in terms of where it was going to end up. Apparently, and I'm not making this up, when I posted that on Twitter and put Minneapolis City's handle in it, that was the first they had heard about it. Mm. Then, news, no news breaks on Monday that due to quote-unquote technical difficulties, that game would no longer be taking place on Two days later, no less, at Prairie Seeds Academy with no date for the reschedule. Again, Minneapolis City did not know of this until it showed up on Twitter, which leads us to ask, what exactly are these technical difficulties that Minnesota Twin Stars would potentially have in front of a game against their crosstown rivals, Minneapolis City, I'm fairly certain I know what those technical difficulties are. Specifically, it's the fact that no one at Minnesota Twin Stars has any fucking clue how to run their team, let alone answer an email 
three weeks ago asking, hey, where is this game going to take place? Because seriously, when I was trying to get press coverage because I knew that I was going to a bunch of their games, I asked them, hey, just a a quick heads up, where is this game going to happen? I never heard back after multiple emails. So basically the segment has gone from soccer-based conspiracy theories to being Colin... Being annoyed at people who he who, writes emails to. Or well, who, no, who ghosted him? Yeah, here's here's right. the thing though. Um, Minneapolis City actually did get a fair amount of heat for post or like basically doing a quote tweet where they referenced their old mock conspiracy that Duluth FC accused them last year of not posting highlights because they didn't look that favorable going into Duluth FC's matchup against them because I wanted to scout it. And everyone was like, oh, is there an actual conspiracy about this Minnesota Twin Stars shit? No, no. They are too incompetent to pull off a conspiracy. It's basically like the current administration over at Twin Stars. That's how bad it is. Okay. You know, I mean, cool. this was this was the week in which Britney Spears had a bunch of stuff happening with Julian Assange, man. I'm just saying, like, we could have we could have no, had some... it was Pamela Anderson. Oh, that's right, that's right, Pamela that. Anderson, and and who is now also um, dating a soccer star. So, right. oh. uh, there there were th- I'm just saying there were there were things to 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 kind of uh, you know soccer things that could have. Yeah, but I've been Hashtag busy trying to figure things. Yeah, I've been busy trying to figure out if this is actually a story worth reporting or just filing away for the why are teams bad at running teams story that EPL is going to be probably running late in the NPSL season. Okay. All right. With that, it is now time for us to call an end to the show um, for this week. After you tell the good people where they can find you on Twitter. I'm at Olson 716 also write for the much maligned website 55.1. Uh, you can find some of my stuff there. Uh, that site is NSFC, not safe for Calvo. <laughs> uh, thanks to Tatana to release of their song Lustless as our theme music for this podcast. You can check their stuff out on Facebook, Bandcamp, and YouTube. Uh, you can find me at the attachment. And I would highly recommend that you go and read my article at E Pluribus Lunum this week, um, specifically because I watched all 21 goals that Minnesota United have let off. Please don't let my torture be in vain. Okay, well, you can find me at TWO United Fans. You can also find us on fine podcast providers everywhere. As we said at the start of the show, we might have a little bit of time before we come back to you. Uh, we're changing our editing next week, and I will not be here for a few weeks. So just uh, keep an eye out on our feeds next week. There might be just a little bit of a learning curve for us uh, as we get back uh, for the next few episodes. And I shall return myself in mid-June, but Caleb and Colin will be back to you for another episode of We Call Soccer at some point next week. Goodbye, everyone. Feed me with your